Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron laughed. Oh, he what did it! No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. You know any German? Guten Tag. I do not. Guten do you? V Gates. I actually took German for like, uh, I want to say like four or five years, like middle school. And then like, actually, I took a couple German courses at Mizzou too. So um, can you speak it like pretty good or no? This sounds uh, good. <laughs> none of it stick. <laughs> I know some of like the like some of the like real basics, like the alphabet and colors and numbers and like restroom and uh like oh, okay. hi my name is like all of like the German one course, like I still have that. I don't know where it is, okay. it's in there somewhere, but okay. everything else like how to form sentences and like how they do their subject and verb. Like, nah, it's, it's so are you, are you making the trip? I am not making the trip. I'm, I'm going to be here in the city of champions, holding it down on your home, the chiefs KSHB 41. Oh, okay. 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 Just making uh, sure I was seeing, maybe you could brush up on some of your, your German <laughs> if you're out there. Now nah, it would have been cool to go, but uh, my sports director is going Mick Schaefer's there. He'll have coverage. All week on forty one, and I, I think it already started online. He 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 posted on X two two pictures of, or two pints of beer. So I'm a little jealous. Oh really? Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Mick, man. Shout out to Mick. He's doing it right. Uh, I'm a little I'm a little jealous. You do anything for Halloween? Yeah. Um, took Maverick out trick or treating for his first time. If you guys don't know, he's. Three years old, turns four in a couple months. So hey. went out here to a nice neighborhood, and he enjoyed himself. Wait, did you dress up? Did you, did you dress up? I I just had a mask. I just had a mask. Uh, you lazy man. You I, gotta, I didn't go all out. I didn't go all out like lazy, I should have. Man. I will next year though. I will next year. We hold but, you uh, to that. Yeah, he was dressed that. Do you know who PJ Mask is? I don't know who PJ. It's one of the is. new popular cartoons that kids love nowadays. I'm out of the loop, man. I really yeah. am. When kids start talking about who they like now and all that, like I'm, I'm way out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's one of the new popular guys. Like, uh, I actually, when we were walking around, there's several kids that were walking up to him saying, "Hey, that's PJ Mask." I'm like, "Oh, he's really popular. <laughs> this character is really popular." I guess. Okay. <laughs> that's cool, man. Glad yeah. you got to enjoy some family time. I actually. Uh... I was in St. Louis for MLS. I was covering a different type of football on the on, on this past Sunday. Uh, missed the Chiefs game or like caught bits and pieces of it, but wasn't like fully immersed the same way I would if I was there or anything like that. But got a good little playoff soccer experience. Sporting stole some points on the road. You said that you were going to be tapped in with Sporting, or was that Cap? I mean, I definitely <laughs> watched the Chiefs game over Sporting yeah. Kansas City. They were on at different I, times. They were on at different times. Yeah, but it was football on all day, man. Because <laughs> I saw but, you post, I saw you post like, "Oh, tough day for or tough weekend for my team." And it was like, "Bro, Sporting just pulled an eight-one upset on the road." Like, <laughs> everybody was like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> yeah, I felt I felt bad about that. <laughs> but uh, they they play a, they play a game when tomorrow. 
we're recording on Wednesday. No, it's it's just like this last weekend. Like the Chiefs will play in the morning. The Germany game, I believe, is eight thirty kickoff central here in your home. The Chiefs KSHB forty one, and then Sporting, I believe, starts at four o'clock from Children's Mercy Park, going to try and close out the best of three series against the number one seed in the Western Conference, St. Louis City. After their why are the games so win. spread oh. out? They're doing a new format this year. It, it, it's not my favorite, but. Yeah, they're trying. I think my theory is that they're trying to get as many games from Apple as possible because Apple got the rights deal this year and that kind of thing. Mm, okay, okay, it's always money involved with these things. Shouldn't be surprised. Well, let's talk American football. That's what y'all are here to hear about here on Chiefs Coast to Coast Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, episode 62. Aaron Ladd here from KSHB 41 in Kansas City. Steven Serta's behind the board here in the city of champions. And Mark Gunnels is still wearing his like Ken outfit. For those listening to audio only, he he he's got like his Barbie, his Ken leftover outfit from Halloween on with the hoodie <laughs> here. As we dissect what went wrong for the world champs in Mile High, the 16-game winning streak over the Denver Broncos is officially history. We'll recap that and what's going wrong on offense, what's going right on defense. We'll talk a little NFL trade deadline, Kansas City kind of quiet, but a lot of moves for many contenders around the league. Which moves moved Mark Gunnels? We'll ask him that as far as the NFL trade deadline is concerned. Then, of course, we'll preview the, the big matchup in Frankfurt, Germany this Sunday, the game that many have had circled, the Tyreek Hill revenge game, already adding a little extra fuel to the fire. We'll hear some comments from the Dolphins wide out before heading to Vegas as Mark Gunnels limps his way to Germany after a tough week. <laughs> Why are you shaking your head, man? Let's continue with the show. <laughs> I know. No, we're talking about your, your Vegas segment. We'll talk, about, we'll talk about Vegas until the very end. This is not part of the run. You're going off script right now. I'm just doing what people can expect, you know, what, what, what folks could expect. Okay, yeah, can you teased it. We'll, ha- we'll, have to, we'll have to deep dive into it. That's just a tease. <laughs> Yo, y'all hear, y'all, hear, y'all hear the spice, right? It's, it's been a couple tough weeks. You know how Travis got on his podcast and said, oh, he's so frustrated with how things are going. This, this, that's Mark in Vegas right now. He's just, he's Devontae Adams on the sideline. He's just throwing his helmet down. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. Oh my gosh. Let's get that cheese recap, man. Can't have cheese coast to coast without y'all the fans at home. 816 514 1267 is our voicemail line. If you're tapped in with us on YouTube, on X, wherever you're you're watching with us, if you're listening on your podcast platform, let us know what you think about the show or what you think about Mark's latest rounds of picks. You can do that in your review section. You can do that in the comment section. We love making y'all <laughs> man it just feels like the patience is wearing thin what's going on man you all right you good yeah i'm good hey sorry let's get to the chiefs recap <laughs> Mahomes avoids. he's a magician chiefs recap <laughs> aaron is just laughing uncontrollably right now he can't be, be professional you're a professional, man. 24 to 9, the final from Denver <clears throat> for the World Champion Chiefs as they fall 
In week eight, really, uh, the two words I wrote down for for Kansas City, I mean, the turnovers are one thing, and we'll get to the turnovers. I, I think that's pretty cut and dry. But I wrote down offensive implosion for Kansas City. Mark, Kansas City has shown us at times this year that, you know, it can be choppy, it can be sputtery, there can be times when they're, you know, not on the same page, but they still found ways to win games. Even the first time these two teams matched up, it wasn't pretty in the red zone for Kansas City. It all falls apart in this one. Five turnovers, no touchdowns for Kansas City's offense. Travis Kelsey mentioned his frustration. And I think it was visible for this offense at many times in this game. What is your big takeaway from the 16-game winning streak being snapped in Denver? Hey, sir, is that just me or is Aaron breaking up? I think Marcus Strauss. Now I can see you moving now. We got you. Oh, that was, that was me? Oh, okay, because he, he was breaking up on my end. I didn't know if that was What me. was the last thing you heard? I heard you say you were talking about you know, the offense sputtering and stuff. Yeah, sputtered at times this year, and I just felt like, like it all came to a head <clears throat> in Denver. I felt like they had moments in time when, you know, they could still win ugly. They could still overcome some of the choppiness or sputteringness, but they couldn't in this one. When you get the five turnovers, when you mix in the drops and the issues that they've had, it, it was just – and, of course, you throw in Mahomes being sick. and it, it, it was a stew here for Kansas City, in my opinion, I guess – what did you think was the biggest culprit for the offensive implosion? Yeah, I mean, it was a combination of things. It's hard to just put it on one. Uh, I think one thing, though, what we always talk about, it seems every week when the Chiefs lose a game and the offense looks like this, is the lack of trying to run the football. I believe Pacheco only had eight carries in that game. Mm. He was actually productive when he was running the ball. Mm. I don't know why you're doing that because I've never said the Chiefs cannot run the ball. They just didn't try to run the ball. And this was a game they didn't even attempt to. But when they did, it was actually successful. He was averaging, I believe, five yards a carry, but he only had eight carries. So, I mean, that definitely helps the receivers because when you have a threat of a running game, it opens things up because the defense has to honor that, that threat. But when there's no threat there, they can just sit back and (laughs) pin their ears back on the defensive line. So, I think it was just a combination of that. I'm not sure how much Mahomes having the flu had anything to do with it. I I can't gauge that. But, I mean, there were uh, passes out there that were pretty good. You know, the receivers just couldn't close the deal. Obviously, the Sky Moore drop in the end zone was the one that everybody highlights on the fourth down that could have got the Chiefs back into that game in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, hey, you beat this Broncos team 16 straight times. I think it could have been a combination of, you know, we could just roll out the bed and, you know, we're going to beat this team, right? Because we're so used to beating them. You had Travis Kelsey at the World Series two days before. What did you think about that? I mean, at the time, so it's easy to, to look at it that, now. I believe the World Series game was on Friday, right? Yeah. The World Series game was on Friday in Texas, and usually the Chiefs leave, you know, Saturday. Yeah, so I guess he took a PJ Sunday. back to Kansas City. Saturday morning or late Friday night to get back to fly out with the team Um, at the time. So like I said, it's easy to talk about it now because they lost to try to rip them. But at the time I wasn't too concerned about it. It was kind of odd to me though. I I was like, okay, two days before a road game, you're in Texas, you know, it's not that close to Kansas city, not too far on a, on a jet or a plane, but still, still kind of odd. Two days before, or day before you're leaving for a road game, it would have been kind of odd, Mark. I mean, can can we like? You don't it, think it was? Is it the best look? 
when when the offense already isn't fully on page, I mean, I mean, well, even... before this game though, they had a, the offense looked good in the Chargers game the week before, scored thirty one points. Yeah, I, I hate, but it, it wasn't it wasn't the best of look. Though, it it was sure. it it really wasn't though, in my yeah. opinion. But at the same time, are we talking about that? If the Chiefs go out there and win and score 30 no, points? No, uh, of course not. I mean, that, that's right. the nature of this business, right? You lose, and then we get to criticize literally everything you do leading up to the game. Yeah, and Travis Kelsey is my least, least of my concerns, right? Like, even though they lost that game, are we blaming Travis Kelsey for the loss? Like, I, I don't think we're doing that. Like, if that was... No, but, but I think when you're a leader, I think when you're a leader okay. on offense, just generally that... You know, guys look to you to set an example. Like, I'm not saying, look, the, the Travis Kelsey has a track record. We're not slamming him here. We're not saying that he is uh, not focused on football or any of those type of things. But it, man, it, you leave yourself open for criticism when you don't play well. And you we, people can start to poke holes in it when, it, to me, it would have made more sense if there was like a KC team in it or maybe even like a Philly. Connect. Like, I could understand if it was like, Philly, like I don't know, like Texas, Arizona. Like, what, what do what are we doing here? Are you just like, are you just everywhere now? Like, are you, it, it, it's the middle of the season. Like, it, It's different if we were in like training camp, if we in preseason, like it, when we, when we were talking about this game in the lead up, we mentioned trap game. Like, yeah, bro. They, 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 I don't want to say they overlooked the Broncos because you never overlook an opponent. You had like, especially a division opponent, but like they didn't look fully focused at all. No. I mean, when you have five turnovers, I think that kind of speaks to that. Just being careless with the football, guys fumbling, Mahomes throwing air and passes, guys dropping balls. I mean, it was just – it kind of reminded me of that Colts game last year, but I think this was even worse. Because, But as far as, like, just having all those self-inflicting wounds and then obviously the McCole Hardman uh, muff punt. Like, first of all, why are you even catching the ball – within the five yard line. I thought it was an unwritten rule for punt returners. If it's within the 10, within, within the 10 yard line, you just let it go. Right. <laughs> like, am I missing that? Like, I, I know you I, and I your boy like to like to text a lot. Did y'all, did y'all text after the game this week? No, nah, I, I love them alone. You didn't, you didn't just text him what you just told me. Like, Hey, if it's within the 10 yard line, like, no, nah, I mean, I tweeted it though. So he might've saw it cause he follows me, but you, you know, you posted it on X. What? Yeah. Ah, gosh, darn it. <laughs> God, Yo. <come> on. <laughs> Yo, let's go to the podium real quick. We're talking about Chiefs offensive implosion and just what went wrong in the 24 to nine loss at Denver. I think Mark and I are on the same page about the sky not falling. These these issues that we see are fixable. But yeah, this is a wake up call and this is a moment, especially going into this Germany stretch and a tougher part of your schedule where your depth is going to be tested on the defensive side. Uh, a lot of lot of a uh, lot of things that need to be cleaned up. Let's hear from head coach Andy Reid first about where the offense specifically goes from a really lackluster performance a mile high. Sir, and the thing I can give you is just all the way along, all of us on on that side of the football, uh, more consistent. That's what we need. So we've got you know we've got some good things that we're doing, putting up a lot of yards and so on, and uh, but. Getting into the end zone becomes important. Not turning the ball over. Basic fundamentals. We've got to take care of that. And so it's my responsibility to get that done. And we'll, we'll, we're working on it. We'll, we'll try to get ourselves better this week. Very active chat so far. Even some German in there. Nate Becker says, 
Boss Gibbs Toitsa, which I think is what's up today, I believe. Like I said, my German is very rusty. He also said uh, Mark had another bad week, question mark. We needed to file a class action lawsuit for people losing their houses out of here. <laughs> no, and, and I want to piggyback off what Andy Reid says. We're talking about kind of the, the lackluster offense. Everybody, Everybody has a piece of the pie here, Mark. There's not. Yeah, well, when I look at what went wrong, if it's a pie in this Denver thing, like I don't say, oh, well, Sky Moore was this and this portion was MVS. And this, like, like everybody shares kind of the blame and what's going wrong. Travis Kelsey shares some of the blame. And I want to say Patrick Mahomes shares some of that blame as well. We talked about being him being the favorite for the MVP award on 610 here locally, like two weeks ago. I don't want to hear any more of that talk, Mark Gunnels. He needs to be better with the football. We have seen too many uncharacteristic turnovers. And the offense has sputtered in part because of his connection with the White House. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, everybody deserves a piece of the blame here. You know, Andy Reid was talking about guys, you know, maybe running the wrong routes. I know that was Travis Kelsey actually on his yeah. podcast talking about that guys running wrong routes, uh, just not executing at a high level. And I, I think sometimes, you know, as cliche as it may sound, sometimes you need a loss like this. You know, to kind of reel things back in. You know, you won six games in a row. You beat this Denver team 16 straight times. You know, it's it's not it's okay to get a little humble pie because now you go back to the drawing board and you can really dissect everything that's going wrong. Cause sometimes the messages didn't get through on what's going wrong when you're winning, mm-hmm. right? Like let's say the coaches are you know pointing out certain things that are you're not doing right, but you're still winning games and you still score 30 in a few of those games, right? Even 40 against Chicago. So it could go one year out the other. But when you have a game like this, you only score nine points, don't get in the end zone, lose to the lonely Denver Broncos. And then now you have a a tough opponent in the Miami Dolphins coming up. I, I think the message now gets through this week and those guys should be laser focused. Kansas City wants to make sure that this one loss doesn't snowball and become a few in a row. Patrick Mahomes asked about that from the post-game podium on Sunday. This isn't like a domino effect. It won't be. Short, simple, <laughs> to the point. I think that was our guy Steve Walls who asked that question. I'm kicking myself, Mark, because when we did our bold predictions entering the 2023 season, my bold prediction was simple. This is going to be the year that the Denver Broncos in the streak. <laughs> and I got on this platform the week before the game and just backed off. I was so just, <laughs> oh, I was disgusted by myself. Yep, when I you can't even final. gloat. You can't even gloat it now. <laughs> I, I, I mean, as it was happening, I don't, I don't know why I didn't just stick with my point. I, I think one positive, I don't think one positive. I know one positive for Kansas City coming from this game, Mark, was the performance of the defense. I believe six sacks on the afternoon for Kansas City, and they all came on third or fourth down. Was it six sacks or five sacks? It was six. Six sacks. Yeah. Uh, big day for George Karloftis, who, uh, oof, man, is starting to look like a true, true impact player off the edge for Kansas City. Mike Dana continues to build on what's been a very strong start to the regular season for him as well. Just wanted to shine a spotlight on those two players um, trying their best. to Because, I mean, this was a game all the way through like the third quarter. I think there was even points in time in that in that third where I was like, look, it hasn't been pretty. 
but we've seen this game from Kansas City before. Like, they're going to find a way to win this game. And I think the defense did try, scratch, clawed Mike Dana and George Karloff just doing as much as they could on the defensive line uh, to try and keep KC's offense in the game. Yeah, if you just look at the score, you would think, how did the Chiefs defense give up 24 points to the Broncos, right? Because this is the most points they gave up to any team this season. But it needs context. <laughs> the The longest touchdown drive the Broncos had in this game was only 50 yards. And that is because the offense put them in bad positions time and time again in special teams. Like with that McCole Hartman fumble, they already had first and goal. You can't expect the defense to, to shut a team down when the team is starting at their own five, starting at your five-yard line. So – you know, they did as good as they could considering the situations they were put in. And they were on the field almost majority majority of the game. They were on the field almost 40 minutes, Aaron. So, I mean, and not, not to mention on top of that, you're playing at mile high. We always hear about the conditions out there and the air. So when you add that on top of that, I think they played excellent. I mean, they, you couldn't ask for much more. The offense just let them down. And I also want to mention, too, you were talking about how this was an ugly game, but, you know, the Chiefs will find a way to win, right? And I felt the same way. I didn't feel like the Chiefs would lose this game up until Sky Moore dropped that touchdown. And that mm. was that was like eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and they're down 21-9 to nine at that point. You catch that touchdown, it's 21-16, to 16, or you go for two to make it 21-17. to 17. Whatever, you're within one score at that point with seven minutes to go. I, I would feel really good about them winning that game despite everything that went bad up until that point the chat is talking about and kind of agreeing with you as far as <clears throat> the defense being put in some really bad positions pete sweeney points out the broncos touchdown drives the three of them started at the kansas city 39 midfield and then as you mentioned the kansas city nine yard line after the muff punt from mccall Harmon. It, it just really tough situations when the offense is already struggling to basically put the Broncos in plus territory, you're asking for a tough, tough task, even against a lowly team who you don't necessarily see as a championship contender. It, this is still the NFL and you and you're giving them every opportunity to to capitalize on those drives. I also wanted to ask you this, Mark Gomes, because I'm watching Kansas City do things that. And Andy Reid has his own philosophy. I'm not second-guessing Andy Reid, but I do want to enter this and maybe play devil's advocate a little bit. The first drive for Kansas City, I'm trying to pull it up now, or the, the, the offensive drive where Harrison Bucker kicks the 23-yard field goal. There's another one where he kicks a 34-yard field goal. I believe it was like fourth and three on the original drive and then maybe fourth and five on the second one. Here's my two cents, and then I want to hear what you think about it. Go for it, damn it. Like. Your offense is already struggling. Harrison Butker's perfect on the year. I absolutely get that. And when you're trotting him out there with the unit as, as strong and efficient it's been this year, you're basically assuming that you're going to get the three points no matter what. But I thought Kansas City, when they were kind of sputtering early, when they needed something to kind of inject a little bit of boost into their offense and confidence, I think a touchdown in one of those spots where you invest in them, when you go, you say, hey, guys, we're just going to go for it. We're going to try. We got the best quarterback in the world. We got the best football player in the world. Like, I want to see KC be more aggressive on fourth and short. Yeah, I'm not mad at that thinking, but I think it's a combination of looking at your opponent and the, the way your offense is going right now, especially on fourth 
in shorts and third and shorts, right? This team has struggled in those situations. And you're going against a Broncos offense where you're thinking, let's just get in here and get out of here with a win if you're Andy Reid. So I, I don't think you're like, we have to chase touchdowns to beat the Broncos. Obviously, you want to get touchdowns. That's always the goal. But I, I think with your defense playing the way it is and with the Broncos offense being what it is, I, I think he's he's like, we could just take these three points here and, you know, it should be enough for us to win. Like if we just get a couple of field goals, a couple touchdowns here and there, it, we don't have to chase touchdowns. Like if we're playing the Miami Dolphins this Sunday, then yeah, field goals won't beat the Miami <laughs> Dolphins. So I think it's it's opponent-driven, especially at this part of the season for Andy Reid, where he's looking at the team, yeah, the Broncos offense, eh, do I really have to go for it on fourth down or should I just take these three points and just rely on my defense? To me, I think Casey is, I mean, they're streaky. They're as streaky as streaky gets offensively. And I think something small like that, yes, it's a risk, but I think it's a calculated risk. And I think that, I don't know if it dictates this game just to, just because they turn the ball over five different times, but uh, who knows? And and when you have 15, I'm always in favor of, of keeping the ball in his hands more often than not. Let's talk a couple things before we head to our preview and Vegas. The trade deadline has come and gone in the National Football League. And as expected, the Kansas City Chiefs were pretty quiet. We thought McCole Harbin would be the move, and it ends up being that he is the move, even though there was some smoke around Richie James potentially being traded. That didn't happen for Kansas City. So they sit, they sit pat. But meanwhile... Seems like a lot of the teams around them got stronger, Mark Gunnels. Nick Bosa, or excuse me, Nick Bosa has a new teammate uh, in Chase Young. Montez Sweat got uh, sent off. Like there, there were moves around to be made, and there are teams that got stronger, contenders that got stronger. Mark Gunnels, which trade deadline move moved you the most? Honestly, I think the easy answer would be Chase Young going to the Niners, but I'm going to go somewhere else that I think pertains more to the Chiefs because that's the NFC team. So you won't see them until the Super Bowl if you guys both get there. How about the Buffalo Bills getting Rasul Douglas at corner from the Packers? You know, this is a team that's been given uh, Elam, their first-round draft pick from last year, healthy scratches. And we know the story about them wanting Trent McDuffie, the Chiefs traded in front of them to get McDuffie, and then the Buffalo had to settle for Elam out of Florida. And he hasn't panned out. Like I say, he's been getting healthy scratches at corner. And, you know, Trey White is obviously down right now. So they're pretty thin in their cornerback room. So I think them getting Rasul Douglas, a very, very serviceable corner from Green Bay who's not having a good season. Not, not him, but the team in Green Bay. They're 2-5 and five right now. So they're definitely were sellers. I think that was a sneaky good pickup for Buffalo, a team that's teetering on that. Are we a real contender right now or not, right? They're five and three. You got a big game this week coming up, coming up in Cincinnati, right? That's a huge game with the Bengals looking like they're back into form. So I, and you're chasing Miami right now. You're a game behind them in the AFC East, but you did beat them head to head. So you got the tiebreaker. So I thought that was a pretty good move. I'm not surprised the Chiefs were quiet, man. And this was some of the conversation we had yesterday on 610 here locally. I'm doing uh, Carrington's show every Tuesday at 2.30 on the drive, and he's done with Sky Moore. He's punted on Sky Moore. I don't think his performance in Denver made a difference, but obviously it certainly didn't help his case. 
So I think there was a small sect or maybe a growing sect of Chiefs Kingdom that thinks, you know, they should have gone out there and acquired a, a, a wide out. They should have pushed for the D hop market. As you say, Donovan Peoples Jones gets traded. Like literally, I think we're at the point now to where <laughs> people are so unhappy with the wide receiver room as it currently sits that they're willing to just like go out there and like attach their name to any wide receiver that's on the market. So the fact that Kansas City kind of sat on their thumbs and didn't make a move for a wide out some people are disappointed in that. Now, we here on Chiefs Coast to Coast warned you that that was going to happen. We told you why that wasn't going to happen. And now that it officially hasn't happened, Mark Gunnels, how does that impact how you see the Chiefs wide receiver room going forward? And then moreover, do they have enough in-house right now to win another Super Bowl? I think the way it impacts this room moving forward, and first of all, about the move, they made their move, and that was getting McCole Harmon back, <laughs> right? But, you know, that wasn't a sexy move because this is a guy that you already had, and he was very much maligned when he was here the first time. But I think moving forward, it's time to take the the Pampers off of Kadarius Tony. It, it, it's time. The, like, excuse me, the Pampers? Yeah, like take the diapers off, whatever you want to call it. I mean, they've been babying him up until this point. He doesn't run any routes. Everything he gets is within two yards or behind the line of scrimmage. This is a guy, when you got him last year, remember that infamous catch where he was adjusting his gloves and he oh went up and, and caught it? Yes. Remember I that did. catch? That was yeah, the Jaguars like, game. I think that was probably his best game as a Chief outside yeah, of the Super like, Bowl, obviously. That, that, that play wasn't a dream, Aaron. That actually happened. That game actually happened. But what if I told you that that guy is not – physically the same or has not physically been the same since then is it that or are they just scared that he's going to get hurt so they're just babying him along until the playoffs like i don't know which one it is are they going to unleash him after the bye week or is this going to be a theme throughout the whole entire year until january because i i think that doesn't solve everything in the receiving room but i think it helps a lot if this guy is out there running real routes i i still believe he is the most talented receiver on this roster that may not be saying much for a lot of people but hey it is what it is and this, this is what you got so I, I think actually unleashing him could help a lot in this room because you're not getting anything from your outside receivers everything you're getting really is from the slot and that's Rasheed Rice and that is where I thought Sky Moore was going to live if I would have knew Sky Moore would be running this many routes on the outside before the year I wouldn't have been on the Sky Moore train I thought Sky Moore was going to be exclusively in the slot, but that's been Rasheed Rice, and that's the problem with this roster construction at receiver. They have too many guys in the slot. They have too many slot guys. Sky Moore is not an outside receiver. Rasheed Rice is not an outside receiver. KT, I mean, he can be an outside receiver, but he's actually probably better in the slot too. Like you got a lot of these small, gadgety, quick guys you don't have a true big body outside receiver like MBS. I mean, where is MBS? Uh, is he just getting cardio out there? I, I don't know. Uh, Justin Watson is probably the other most reliable receiver you got outside of Rasheed Rice, but it's still Justin Watson, the guy that some people were saying shouldn't even make the team before the year because of <laughs> Justin Ross. So I, I don't know, man. But I, I will say that I don't think this room is a disaster. I think it's better than what it's been than what has shown thus far. I just think some guys have been placed out of position. And I think it starts with Sky Moore 
and especially Kadarius Tony. He's not even being used as a real receiver, Aaron. He's just doing gadget stuff. He's not running routes past five yards. I think the nature of the offense is that a lot of guys play a lot of different positions. I don't think that you're going to like you're not going to come to Kansas City and play one role as a wideout. Like you have you like they don't have that. that that's just not how the system works. It's not who they are. Is something that Matt Nagy would say. For Kadarius Tony, you use the phrase unleash, and it's like, Mark, if they had an answer to their wide receiver conundrum in-house, like I don't think they're holding off on him, like putting him on a pitch count because of anything health-related or like I I think if Kadarius Tony was the answer, we would be seeing them make a concerted effort to get Kadarius Tony involved. So what do you but think? So what do you think it the is? Truth, the truth around pretty much all of their guys inside the wide receiver room is that each of them is flawed in their own way. Like some of them have more flaws than others. Some of them defenses have turned into uh, more limited receivers than they actually are. I, I don't, I'm not. And there was some reporting on this from Albert Breer that came out this week about why KC wasn't making any moves around the deadline specific to their wide receiver room. And the phrase was, or the reporting was that they're going to stick by their second round guys and Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore and plan on them developing. And I think, truly, it's because you've already made the investment in those guys, man. You, you can't punt on Sky Moore right now. Like, legitimately, you cannot punt on Sky Moore because he's cheap and he's under team control for the next two to three years, right? Like, you, you've already bought the groceries. You have to figure out how to make this into a meal that is salvageable that in Chiefs Kingdom turns into a Super Bowl win. And I, eight weeks in, see them as a six and two team that realistically could be eight. No, if Canarius Tony makes a couple of those catches in week one, they win that game. And if sky Moore makes a catch in the end zone, I don't know if they win in Denver, but it's a much more competitive game than the one we got uh, on Sunday. I'm not, the sky is not falling. Call me yellow light freaking lad. All you want. This, this unit is not as bad <laughs> as it seems on social media, I'm I'm not I'm not out there yet. I'm not I'm not on the ledge yet. I think it's also important for us to mention that Richie James' practice window has officially opened, and I, I, I'm curious to see does he fit in this equation at all? You know, in the preseason, he he flashed a couple of times. I know it's just preseason, but he he did flash in a couple of deep balls down the field, and that's something that the Chiefs have been lacking. And this guy, I mean, talking about production, I think people kind of poo poo what he did. I mean, he was almost a 700-yard receiver last year for the Giants. I mean, that right now sounds like gold for this Chiefs offense. You can tell me I got a 700-yard receiver because none of these guys are on pace for that. I mean, maybe Rasheed Rice is. I, I got to look at his his projection. But, I mean, outside of that, there's nobody even close to sniffing that right now. So I'm curious to see if, if he becomes a, a part of this rotation. But here's the thing, though, Aaron. Is, is it too many chefs in the kitchen? Because another thing I think a problem is you're rotating guys in and out so much, guys can't get into a rhythm. I mean, we just named like six or seven guys that are all kind of middling in this same tier, right? Like, at what point do you cut it down to say, these are my top four guys. I'm going to sprinkle in a couple other guys here and there, but they're not going to get near the snaps. These are going to be my main four guys I'm rolling with, and we're just going to see how it works out. So I think guys can't get into a rhythm. Yeah, Sky Moore was asked that today, Wednesday, from the podium, and I don't think uh, that's that's just their offense, man. Like that, that's what they do offensively. Like you're asking them to change a philosophy there. You're asking them to rethink 
how they've constructed this offense and what part of what makes Mahomes so dangerous is that he can target so many receivers and that he they do spread the ball around like that's what made them successful at times last year sans Tyreek Hill trade is like you didn't know where the offense was coming from it was like a death by a thousand cuts and when defenses were taking the deep shots off the top uh, uh of the or when they were taking deep shots away from Kansas City they were able to sprinkle the ball around and matriculate down the field a lot more the deep shots have been non-existent. The deep, I mean, the deep ball, as far as Kansas City is concerned this year, is is gone. And whether you want to say that that is a wide receiver thing, whether you want to say it's a Mahomes thing, whether you want to say it's a game plan thing, I side with Andy Reid on that. I think it's everybody needs to take a look in the mirror and ask how can they be more consistent going forward? Because right now, yeah, they're 6-2, and two, um, but they're leaving a lot of meat on the bones. You know, sometimes when people eat chicken wings and like, it's like they they left like the cartilage on there and like there's like a little extra like that that that's what Kansas City's offense is doing for me right now. <laughs> you sound like one of those guys. You leave your meat in the bone at, at Gates. I heard. Well, you owe me Gates after your after your bet on Sky Ward this year. Do, do we need to pull that video back up? <laughs> nah, we don't got to pull that up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some quick AFC West news before. We preview the big Germany game. The Raiders are cleaning house, man. I think, honestly, I think if you listen, if you just, if it's really quiet wherever you're listening to Chiefs Coast to Coast right now, like you can hear more boxes being packed in the team facility for the Raiders. (laughs) They got a new starting quarterback, they have a new general manager, and they have a new head coach after. We're leaving all of them in their duties. The McDaniel's era. How you remember? How you remember the McDaniel's era in in Las Vegas? Um, I won't remember it actually. So, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing memorable to remember. Um, I wish he would have stayed there longer. I like seeing the Raiders in disarray, but knowing the Raiders, they're going to make another bad hire, and it's going to be the same thing. So, the Raiders are the Raiders. I'm kind of surprised they weren't bigger movers at the deadline. I kind of have my Raiders colors on now. I got to watch myself. But uh, yeah, I'm surprised, man, like, might, might get jumped out of the 41 studios, man. Hunter Renfro was like desperate to find a new team. Devontae Adams looked as unhappy as you could ever be on Monday Night Football. I mean, like, they, they just going to stand Jacobs. <laughs> Josh Jacobs, like, they have talent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, did you hear Josh Jacobs said after the game? They they asked him, uh, "How do how do you guys fix this offense?" He said, "That's not that's not my, that's not up to me. <laughs> that's not up to me." Oh, that's <laughs> like when fans ask me, like, "What's going on with Mark's picks, man?" And I'm just like, "Yo, that that, that, that that's, that's not my job, man." Wow, know. that's crazy, <laughs> bro. <laughs> you ready to preview this this Germany game, man? Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. Oh, man. This one's been circled. It's the last game before the bye week for the World Champion Chiefs. Chiefs and Dolphins from Frankfurt. Germany, Deutschland, V Gates. You don't know what that means. I think that's like I don't. what's up. I think that's like oh, what's okay. up. Oh, uh, okay. I'm, I'm leaning towards you on the, the German. 
This is a marquee matchup in the AFC. Six and two Miami facing off against six and two Kansas City. Starts 830 Kansas City time. You can watch it on KSHB 41. I'm going to keep plugging that as many times as possible. My first note here is talking all about Germany. And I thought it was cool. Some of the guys asked today, like, oh, like, what are your plans? Like, what um, have you packed your bags yet? Are guys getting food? Like, it's cool to see guys in in like tourist mode, if you will, a little bit. Like Sky Moore was honest and basically like he'd never been out the country before. This is like one of those experiences for him that he'll cherish and remember for a very long time. Drew Tranquil talked about meeting up with like an uncle overseas. So it's like it's cool to see KC get this experience, be on the big stage. This is obviously a primetime big spotlight game for the world champion chiefs as far as logistics are concerned i believe the chiefs will be available friday in frankfurt miami is already there i saw uh mike mcdaniel not josh mcdaniel so mike mcdaniel tyree kill jalen waddle and those guys talking from the podium already there so they made the trip earlier kc will make the trip and availability starting on friday but mark this is a road game. I know it's a home game. I think Casey will serve as the home team technically because they sacrificed one of their, their games at a GHA field at Arrowhead, but there's going to be unique challenges that are presented with this venue, with the travel, with the fans, with the sight lines. Like this is going to be a challenge for the world champs. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, it makes it a more challenge. The fact that you're playing against a really good team <laughs> and a really good offense in the Miami Dolphins. So you know, and people were talking about why are they leaving so late? The Dolphins are leaving so early. You know, I, I don't know how to gauge that. Like, I'm sure there's some type of science and numbers and, you know, uh, studying of the body and stuff like that that's way above my pay grade that I'm not educated enough to speak on on that. So uh, I, I don't want to get too much into that. But I, I trust that the chief staff and their guys behind the scenes have done their due diligence and they're not too concerned about leaving later in the week versus being there all week like the Dolphins uh, presumably are. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where you just go out there and just act like it's another game, man. I saw Charles Amini who talk about it. They were talking about him, you know, it's an early start time, you know, Kansas City time versus being in Germany. Does that concern you at all? He was like, I have a hard time sleeping at night anyway. <laughs> it was like, once, once I get out on the field, it's just, it's just football at the end of the day. So I don't think it's going to affect these guys that much, especially considering it came off a very, very embarrassing game. So I think they're going to do whatever they can to make sure that they're laser focused, despite the time difference and travel and all those things. You mentioned facing a very talented and one of the best teams in the AFC in Miami. A big reason why they're uh, so explosive so dynamic so tough to guard defensively is a familiar face the cheetah <laughs> this was your topic you would you you can rondo this one you can point guard us here oh yeah so i mean he was on i am athlete mm -hmm. and he was talking with to brandon marshall i believe and he asked you know basically straight up why'd you leave kansas city you know, we've heard uh, different variations of this story. How many times we have to hear this story? Yeah, we, we've heard this story yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. He, he gives a different answer almost every time, which is fascinating. <laughs> That's how you know it's all cap. That's how you yeah. know it's literally all cap. It's like, can't keep up with no his truth, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this time it was, you know, 
I never wanted to leave Kansas City. I talked to Patrick. I talked to Andy before, and they said, we're going to take care of you. And then he was like, I'm not even worried about the money per year, whether it's 24, 25. It's all about the guarantees. It's all about the guarantees. And they only they only offered me 58. They said, we can't do that. Talking about his agent. I can't do that. I got to go to Miami where there's no tax. And I'm getting paid more on the guarantees. <laughs> That's essentially what he said, you know, uh, ver, you know, verbatim there. You know, so whatever. Um, you know, this stuff is going to come out the week of. They've been holding that interview in. They probably did that interview over the summer. <laughs> and just like, <laughs> we're going to like release it the week of that Chiefs game. Like, I don't think he just did it just now. So, you know, this is obviously going to be the story. He had a press conference too, I believe yesterday, and they're talking about the game. And he actually said he's pissed. He was pissed off when he first saw the schedule because he wanted the game to be in Kansas City. He was talking about how the energy there would have been crazy. He still has a son that lives in Kansas City. Um, you know, he, and he's like, I understand the game. You know, they want to expand outside of the United States and they want to highlight the best teams because we've seen some actually good matchups out there. You had the Bills and Jags, those are two of the top teams in the AFC that are out there as well. So, you know, but obviously if it was back in Arrowhead, it just would have been crazy with the whole return narrative and stuff. So he definitely wanted that. But I have a sneaky suspicion, Aaron. We may see that in the playoffs. Just throwing it out there. I I agree with you. I think some of the wind has been taken out of the sail of the revenge game narrative with the change of location. I also think that, like, Miami is so much bigger than just Tyreek Hill. And Drew Tranquil was kind of asked about that today from the podium, Wednesday from the podium. And he said, yeah, Tyreek's a dynamic playmaker. You can't take bad angles on him. He's incredibly fast. Like all the stuff we hear about Tyreek Hill, but like this is an offense that has multiple skill, skill, skill position playmakers across the board. You're talking about a Jalen Waddle. You're talking about a, I don't know if A-Chan is going to be back and healthy for them yet, but like Tua has proven to be, I know uh, Tyree called him the most accurate quarterback uh, that he played with to that point. But I mean, he's been extremely accurate this year and there's a reason why, I mean, there's a reason why Miami paid him the money and what was either first, wide out or first player in NFL history with a thousand yards through eight games. Like he's in the MVP conversation. I know that's a quarterback award exclusively and people don't like to have those conversations around players who aren't quarterbacks, but Tyreek Hill is as valuable to the Miami dolphins as any player is to their team this year through eight games, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, after eight games, I know the odds are going to say differently. If you look at the MVP stuff, but through eight games, if there was ever a time for a non-quarterback to win it, it would be this year right now because there's not really any quarterback playing at a sensational level. Like Mahomes was the favorite before this week. I don't know if he still is or not. I haven't checked, but he still doesn't look like Mahomes. This has probably been his worst year through eight games. And, I mean, I, that's not saying a lot because he's been so good, but still, the, the bar is so high. And the fact that this has probably been his worst start through eight games and he still was the favorite tells me that quarterback play is down this year. And you can look throughout, throughout the league, the numbers are down offensively scoring is, is not at a premium right now in the NFL defenses are catching up. So I, I do think, you know, Tyreek Hill before the Niners started losing, even CMC was in that discussion. 
is a non-quarterback. He got a touchdown pretty much every week up until their losing streak right now. So, yeah, man, I, I think it's really interesting. And uh, Serta in the chat just said, oh, Tua is now the favorite on uh, DraftKings for MVP at plus 400. Mahomes and Hurts are both tied for second at plus 450. So this game could be a swing game, uh, according to the odds, right? You got two of the favorite. Mahomes is tied for second. And you got Hurts tied for second. And you play Hurts after this game. <laughs> you know, you got the bye week, obviously, in between there. So this is a nice little uh, swing for all three of these teams right here, these next three weeks for the MVP discussion. Um, but as far as this game goes, I think it starts with, as much as you talk about the receivers and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. It really starts with slowing down that running game because their running game has been very efficient as well. Even though uh, the rookie's been out, O'Chain, he's out, but Raheem Muster has been playing really good as well. Yeah. You know, he's another 4 2, 4 3 guy. And with this Miami offense, and I know Charles Amenin, who spoke on it earlier today on this Wednesday from the podium about there's such a rhythm offense. So you have to get them off schedule and not just getting pressure on Tua. But you have to have them play from behind the chains. You don't want them to be in second and fives and second and fours. You want them to be like second and seven, second and eight, third and six, third and seven, not third and two, third and three. You want to kind of get them off their schedule, force tour to drop back so where they can't do so much of those gimmicky stuff. We have to just really dissect and read the defense because once he goes off his first read, two can get a little shaky. He's a really, you know, get back, rhythm, rhythm, boom. If you can get him off of that, we have to look to a second or third option. He'll give you some chances for some turnovers. Let's talk injuries really quickly before we head to Vegas against your will. Kansas City reopened the uh, 21-day window, as you mentioned earlier, for Richie James. He was spotted during the media window on Wednesday. That was according to Pete Sweeney, uh, Willie Gay and Jarek McKinnon missed practice on Wednesday. I believe it's a back injury for Willie Gay sustained in the loss against Denver. Andy Reid said he didn't expect him to have to be placed on injured reserve. So good news there. Something to monitor. Jarek McKinnon, we know, is a vet. They like to give rest. But we'll also look at his status as well as we get closer to Game time. Darius Harris comes back for Kansas City as some linebacker depth with that room. I mean, we were like six when they first I believe the number was six when they first uh, did the 53 man roster. And we thought that, that was a big number. It's starting to pay off and starting to pay some dividends for Casey in the meat of the schedule as um, some injuries start to hit. If Willie Gay misses time, sounds like the old friend Darius Harris will be back in the fold for KC. Any last minute things before we go to Vegas? Let's go to Vegas, man. Yes! Place your bets. Oh, there it is! There it is! Two touchdowns! Win by Elisa Church! Let's go to Vegas with Mark. You're never this happy when I have a good week. This is crazy. <laughs> I just like <laughs> Vegas, man. You know, it's like... There's good vibes, you know, there's money in the air, you know, everybody's like excited, you know, people drinking early in the day, you know, oh nothing like God. Vegas, man. It's fine. You know, I got to keep a good spirit, man. Got to keep a good spirit, baby. It's week nine. We got plenty of plays to go, baby. 
I actually thought that I didn't know it was an 0-3 week for you. I wanted to shoot you bail on the one and two week. I, I, shot a, I shot a text in the group chat. I was like, yo, like you took the under on Mahomes passing touchdowns, right? Like, nah, it was I I can't lie. The audio's out there, man. I can't lie. As much as I wanted to. The audio's <laughs> out there, and so are the realtors coming for the Chiefs Coast to Coast <laughs> listeners' homes very soon after Mark. Oh Harris man. Played. 0-3 last week. He took Chiefs' first half spread at four and a half. That was a miss. Denver led at halftime. Russ underpassing touchdowns at one and a half. Russell Westbrook, or excuse me, gosh, I did that last week too. <laughs> Russell Wilson cooked something up in Denver. Three passing touchdowns on the day. That was a miss. And then anytime touchdown for Isaiah Pacheco. I'm sure the Chiefs would have took an anytime touchdown for anyone. In the game. My gosh. So, just... Brutal, a, bad, brutal a bad week. week. 0-3 last week. Your season total now 8, 15, Ugly. and 1. Ugly. <laughs> Look, Ugly. man, I'm, I'm I'm proud of you. You're, you're taking it on the chin. You understand that, that you know, this is unacceptable. You sound like Andy Reid at the podium right now. It's, it's, it's unacceptable, man. I just, the goal now is just to claw my way back to 500. Just to claw my way back. Well, it starts with a successful week here right before the bye week because you can't go in 0-3 and, and then 0-3 get into the bye and then have to sit, man. That, 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 yeah. that could spell disaster. Let's yeah. get back on the right track here in week nine in Germany. Mark Gunnels, what are your plays for this week? All right, so this week I'm starting off with the opposition here. Tyreek Hill, anytime touchdown. He can be receiving or rushing. I do think he gets an end zone. I think Miami makes a concerted effort, obviously him going against his old team, to get him the ball a lot. I do think he gets an end zone, whether it's a five-yard jet sweep or he catches somebody slipping on a deep ball down the field. I do think Cheetah gets in the end zone. So that's one play I got. Next play, I'm going Patrick Mahomes over on passing yards. At 288 and a half. I think he throws over 300 this week, Aaron. I, I like what he said at the press conference to our friend Steve Walls. You know, talking about it will not be a trickle effect. I think he's going to be super locked in. This Miami defense can be had. And I think they're going to score enough points, talking about Miami, to where it's going to force the Chiefs to keep the pedal to the metal. So where Mahomes going to have to throw the ball a lot in this game. So I, I think a lot of points are scored. And that means a lot of yards will be had. So I love Mahomes passing yards over 288 and a half. And in my last play, I'm keeping it simple. Forget the spread. It's too close, Aaron. Chiefs money line. I knew Chiefs it was coming. Win, I knew straight it was up. <laughs> the, the spread, I think, is two and a half. I am not messing with that. Just give me the Chiefs win the game. And that's still a pretty good value. So it's not like I'm cheating. It's like I'm not saying Chiefs money line against the Bears or anything like that. I'm giving you a good still value in the money line for the Chiefs winning straight up. So those are my three plays. Tyreek Hill, anytime touchdown. Mahomes passing yards over 288 and a half. Yeah, and Chiefs winning straight up on the money line. Like the plays, I, I, I'm not giving a lad lock anymore. Maybe that was the kiss. Yeah, don't do it no more. Don't do we got we to gotta change something up. We, got, we, can't, <laughs> we can't be doing what we used to do. Uh, especially last week. I'm going through the chat one more time before we get out of here. Chiefs Coast to Coast, episode 62 is nearing an end. Nate Becker says Mark's connection is looking like our wide receivers. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's just, you know, it's a work in progress. You know, it's, it's some, <laughs> some weeks is better than others. 
<laughs> ups and downs. Oh my gosh. Uh, go for KC forever says I think Richie James is a good possession receiver. Uh, bro, are we are we really that desperate right now? Where we're like, yes, we are. That's sad. Dog. Yes, That's we are. Serious. <laughs> we're like we're feeding for richie james minutes now it's bad it's bad uh, yeah yeah aaron doing his best 2002 shack impression this pod i must have i must have been mvp i was the mvp of the pod today good show man <laughs> <laughs> we're back we're recapping germany next week on episode 63 and then maybe look ahead to the bye week i, I don't know we gotta have something we gotta have something in the we'll top figure it we'll, out we'll do like a first <laughs> half recap or something like that Mark Gunnels will uh, will hopefully be rebounding uh, in Vegas and we'll have a win to talk about in Germany. <laughs> See you guys next week, man. Coast to Coast Boys is out.